Baker Mayfield isn't going to be coming to Seattle, but that doesn't mean that the quarterback carousel hasn't stopped spinning around the Seahawks. An NFC West rival once again being rumored as a potential heir apparent to Russell Wilson. Will it happen? Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking down the latest reports on our Tuesday episode of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Tuesday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week, whether it's on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of those major platforms. We greatly appreciate it. we got a loaded episode coming your way. We're going to kick off our Seahawks Ultimate Fantasy Mock Draft today. Going to do that the next couple of days. Rob and I are going to be competing to see who can put together the best all-time Seahawks squad. Unfortunately, we won't be able to field of dreams this and actually get all the players on the field, but we're going to pretend that we can. It's going to be a really fun simulation, and we're going to check out the latest rumors surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo potentially being eyed by the Seattle Seahawks to play quarterback stay in the NFC West. Exciting episode on tap, so let's get to it. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Baker Mayfield is officially a Carolina Panther. Many Seahawks fans thought, okay, that, that'll be the end of the discussion about potential quarterbacks the Seahawks are considering. But that quarterback carousel, Rob, it is still spinning wildly, and it's spinning directly around the Seattle Seahawks. And it's staying within the NFC West. Not the first time we've heard Jimmy Garoppolo linked to the Seahawks, but Jeremy Fowler of ESPN on SportsCenter on Monday morning making interesting comments about Seattle's potential interest in Garoppolo. He said, and I quote, I'm told that internally they have discussed the possibility of Garoppolo playing for them. They've done their film work to see how he would fit. Certainly tricky to do a trade inside the NFC West. But the 49ers and Seattle know they can sort of wait this out. Again, that was on ESPN on SportsCenter yesterday from Jeremy Fowler, who's had some scoop on some of these quarterback developments this offseason. Garoppolo really is that last domino to fall in this quarterback carousel. The Seahawks now being the only obvious team out there that everybody's pointing to that could use an upgraded quarterback. They know Jimmy Garoppolo well. And there is some precedent, Rob, for interdivision trades with quarterbacks. We saw it with Drew Bledsoe going to the Bills. We also saw Donovan McNabb go from the Eagles to the Washington Redskins. That's true. Uh, I think I think the, the, the one with McNabb uh, going to Washington, I think, was uh, is an especially interesting comparison here because you are talking about some pretty bitter rivals and a, a pretty successful quarterback. Um, you know, and, and that's why I have a hard time imagining a scenario in which the San Francisco 49ers would actually trade Jimmy Garoppolo to Seattle. Now, obviously, if uh, John Lynch, the general manager of the 49ers, feels that he has no other choice but to release Garoppolo, then I think all bets are off. And, and Jeremy Fowler's report. 
um, winds up being very true. I, I think, frankly, without any respect, disrespect towards uh, Jeremy Fowler, who I think is a fine reporter, um, but I think that every NFL franchise has had in, internal conversations about adding a player of Garoppolo's stature. I mean, it's just the, the value of the quarterback position, the fact that you're still talking about a, a player who is, uh, well, he's about to become 31 years old, and assuming that his shoulder is recovered, then this is a quarterback, Corbin, who, who of course, led his team just within a couple of plays of, of competing for the Super Bowl. Uh, a year ago and uh, you know and, and it's proven uh, to be very successful not only obviously in San Francisco's system but in New England's previous to that um, at Eastern Illinois in college I mean he was asked to play more in a spread offense and he's shown the ability to to read defenses and get the ball out of his hands uh, quickly and athletically uh, the the way that Shane Waldron would ask a quarterback to do presumptively in his offense as well so the the, the schematic fit uh, would make an awful lot of sense. And then, of course, uh, just getting back at your rival. Uh, again, I think that that is a key point here, that Seattle is going to absolutely be keeping their thumb on the pulse of whatever is going on with a, a rival like the 49ers here, especially at, the, at that important position. So I think that Seattle is going to continue to be interested. I think nationally speaking, everybody just has a hard time believing that Pete Carroll and John Schneider are really, truly going to be dedicated to Drew Locke and Geno Smith and Jacob Eason competition. And so anytime there's a quarterback out there, then Seattle's going to get linked to it. But I think this one does have some validity to it. And I think Seattle would be very much interested in Garoppolo if he were available as a free agent. But I'd be stunned to see Seattle pull off any type of trade uh, with the 49ers. The one team that I think needs to be watched closely on this front now is the Cleveland Browns because there's a chance Deshaun Watson isn't playing a snap this year. In Cleveland, they have Jacoby Brissett, but they just traded away Baker Mayfield. Brissett did not play well at all in limited action last year playing for the Dolphins. He's not proven himself to be a starter starter caliber quarterback. So I think the Browns might be a team to watch because somehow they actually have some cap space to work with. They might be able to make a deal for Garoppolo if the 49ers are willing to eat some of that salary. That's really the biggest issue here a salary cap hit of close to $26 million in 2022. And then you add in the fact that unlike Mayfield, who had uh, surgery, gosh dang it. Unlike Mayfield, who had surgery on his non-throwing shoulder, Garoppolo had surgery on his throwing shoulder. So that's a much bigger red flag in my opinion. So trying to get a team to trade for that contract coming off that injury has proven impossible for the 49ers. I still think that ultimately they're going to have to either just hang on to him or cut him. I don't see any way that he's going to get traded at this point. If he does get released because he's played in Shanahan's offense, which has a lot of similarities to what Shane Waldron's running in Seattle, then there could be a really good fit there picking him up on a veteran minimum deal as a free agent and giving him a chance to prove himself again. And if he plays well, then maybe you have your quarterback for the next couple of years. If not, next year's draft looks like it's going to be very good at the quarterback position. You can bring in your long-term answer next year, hopefully. So I think if he gets cut, there's certainly a chance Seattle explores that. But I also have some reservations about the fit, Rob, because I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great deep ball passer. And Drew Locke and Geno Smith, both of them have the arm talent and the ability to get the ball downfield. They're not Russell Wilson, but they could get the ball downfield, and they like to take those shots. Jimmy Garoppolo has not been consistent 
in that capacity in his career. I just don't know that from a quarterbacking standpoint that he's as good of a fit throwing to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as what Drew Locke or Geno Smith would be. And I thought Baker Mayfield had the advantage in that category as well, which is why I thought Mayfield was the better fit of those two quarterbacks if the Seahawks are going to add somebody. But we'll have to see. There's certainly some other characteristics that fit. They know that he's a winner, 33-13 and 13 record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's tough. He's very competitive has played in a very similar offense. So there are certainly some things that would be intriguing for the Seahawks. But I think you and I are in agreement. It would have to be as a free agent. I don't see this trade happening, and I don't see the Seahawks eating any of that salary or trading away draft comp to an NFC West rival to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And again, I don't think that the 49ers want to do that either. I mean, they yeah. don't know for sure yet what they have in Trey Lance. Um, and, and so I think that there is going to be some hesitation there. I mean, it's the it's one of the saddest statements I'm probably ever going to make on our on our show, Corbin. But it's just the reality of the NFL that the 49ers can basically just wait and see if there is a quarterback for a <clears throat> legitimate playoff contender who goes down due to injury in the early part of training camp. And that might force uh, a, a desperate team to make a play for Jimmy Garoppolo. Otherwise, I think that there's going to be 31 other NFL teams out there, Corbin, who are going to basically allow the 49ers to kind of twist in the wind and say, look, John Lynch, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, you 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 put this on yourselves. You made that bold trade up to go get Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo already being yeah. uh guaranteed all these all these dollars. Um, and, and so that has put you in a in a difficult position, just like the Cleveland Browns we talked about before. So I think there's a lot of clubs out there who are in no eager spot to to help the 49ers out of this. I think they're very happy to let the 49ers kind of twist around. Yeah, I think this is truly going to stay in a holding pattern for now. And it's basically going to boil down to, are the 49ers willing to hold on to him until that injury potentially happens? Or are they going to decide, you know what, let's just cut bait. Let's cut him now. Let's absorb that cap hit and let's just move on. So I could see a number of different things happening on this front. The one thing I don't see I don't see anybody trading for Garoppolo unless maybe the Browns, as I mentioned, decide we need a quarterback now. Deshaun Watson suspended. Let's go get him. I can't see the Seahawks or any other team, for that matter, being willing to make a trade for Garoppolo at this point. We'll see what happens here in coming weeks. Up next, we're going to kick off our ultimate Seahawks fantasy mock draft. 25 rounds. We're going to do the first 13 today, and Rob and I are going to be competing Always compete, right, Rob? We're going to be competing to build the best fantasy all-time Seahawks roster. We're going to have rounds one through six coming up in our next segment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all the sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, whether it's MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for our Tuesday episode, my co-host in crime, Rob Ray. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're a few weeks away from the start of training camp. Things are going to start heating up a little bit as we draw closer to report day, but it's still pretty quiet in the middle of July. With that being said, 
Rob, you and I have decided it's time to get back to competing, and we are going to conduct an ultimate Seahawks fantasy mock draft. We're going to be looking back at all five decades of Seahawks football and trying to build the best rosters that we can, kind of a field of dreams type scenario. We won't get to see it play out on the field, unfortunately, but we can at least visualize it, what these two teams would look like facing one another. And so I'm going to get to the ground rules right away here. For our Ultimate Seahawks Fantasy Mock Draft, each host must pick at least two players who played in each decade for the Seahawks. So Rob, you and I have got to have somebody that's played in the 70s, Two players from the 80s, two players from the 90s, two players from the 2000s, and two players from the 2010s. Each host must have 11 offensive, 11 defensive, and three special teams players. Personnel groupings can vary, but, Rob, you have to have five offensive linemen. Don't be trying to cheat and only draft three of them. And (laughs) this draft will be conducted in a snake format for 25 rounds. So, Rob, you get the honors. You're going to pick first, and then I get back-to-back selections. Then you get back-to-back selections and so forth. Again, we're going to do the first six rounds here in this second quarter of our show. And without further ado, our big board, our mock draft big board dropping here, our top 20 players. And some of our listeners may debate a few of these rankings here, but this is the legitimate ranking, the top 20 players in Seahawks history. So Rob, I'm going to dish it to you. You get to pick from every player in Seahawks history Who will be the number one overall pick in our ultimate fantasy mock draft? Well, Corbin, uh, first off, I just want to say, I I hope that you ate your Wheaties this morning, sir. Uh, Because (laughs) I I think that you're going to see that uh, my superior knowledge of the old time Seahawks is going to put you in trouble. So, like, you're right that this is a fantasy mock draft. These two fantasy teams will never actually compete on the field. But if they were then I got to tell you that your team would be in trouble because we're going to start off here with the, the best player in franchise history. And with all due respect to your your rankings there, sir, uh, they, they are very good rankings, but I think it's appropriate that you listed Russell Wilson at number three, obviously the jersey that he wore. He might be number three uh, in terms of the jersey, but he is going to be the number one overall selection in the 2022 uh, Locked On Seahawks fantasy mock draft. So Russell Wilson going number one, picking the quarterback. How conventional. I'll get a quarterback eventually, but I want my quarterback to be protected. So to me, this is a home run pick here with the number two selection in the first round. I got to get big wall. When you give up 23 sacks your entire career, I mean, this guy is a phenomenal, he was a phenomenal talent. I think one of the best left tackles, if not the best left tackle in football, had less than 10 penalties. I mean, the guy was just a beast in his career. So I'm going to get my left tackle to protect my quarterback, which I may pick down the line here, but because I get two straight selections, I've got my standout left tackle. I love the trenches. So I'm going to build up on the other side of the ball too. Cortez Kennedy and Walter Jones played a couple seasons together. I'm going to put them on my ultimate fantasy mock team we're going to have Cortez Kennedy manning the middle he could defend the run he could get after the quarterback so I'm beefing up my trenches right away with my first two picks Walter Jones at left tackle Cortez Kennedy defensive tackle my first two selections 
Well, and those are two very formidable selections there. Uh, no, no question about it. And all due respect to the, uh, you know, to the, the, the hall of famers that, that you just selected. Um, I'm going to go with a, a, a hall of famer as well in, in the safety Kenny easily, um, you know, to me right at the top, uh, you know, just his, his ability at, uh, over the, the deep half, um, you know, I, I think just really is a game changer, especially in today's game. And then that's one of the things that, uh, I, I want to make sure that we're kind of being clear about is I, I am going to be looking at some players here, Corbin, that I think, uh, you know, had some stellar careers elsewhere than Seattle, but with, with Kenny Easley and certainly with Russell Wilson, all in all the players that, of course, that, that you've selected as, as well so far in Jones and Kennedy, um, obviously they've had spectacular success in Seattle, but Kenny Easley be my, my first selection uh, there next. And, you know, it's just the, you know, you talked about the the ability to kind of dominate the line of scrimmage. I, I do worry about Cortez Candy being able to come through. And while I have a center in mind to be able to play a, a face up on him uh, a little bit later, I want to have a guard to be able to pinch down on him as, as well. And so I'm going to uh, follow up that selection with a, yet another Hall of Famer, that being Steve Hutchinson. That's a really interesting pick there. So you get Hutch, you've already got Easley, you've got Russell Wilson. So now you at least have some interior pass protection for Russell Wilson and obviously somebody that uh, can get after it in the run game as well. Hutchinson was one of the best run blocking guards that I have ever seen. And so that puts me back on the clock here with my third selection. Steve Largent's probably sitting wondering, what did I do to deserve this falling this far <laughs> in the draft? And yet... I'm going to have him keep falling because I think in today's game, you have to have a linebacker that can do a little bit of everything. And Bobby Wagner in his prime could do everything. Blitz, play pass coverage, defend the run, get into the backfield. And so having him behind Cortez Kennedy in my defense, I just can't resist that possibility. So I'm going to draft Bobby Wagner with, my third selection, and then kicking off the fourth round, Steve Largent's free fall finally going to end. Lasting to the fourth round, the Hall of Famer. I will have somebody to throw to him here at some point, but going to add one of the best receivers in NFL history. Retired as the all-time leader in receptions and receiving yards. Has since been passed by several players, but one of the first truly dominant receivers, and he was acquired for an eighth-round draft pick from the Oilers. So one of the greatest thievery jobs in NFL history and now he's going to be playing receiver for my Seahawks fantasy team yeah I mean again we're talking about uh you know just truly the, the greatest players in Seahawks history so obviously these uh, both rosters look pretty formidable at this point but you know I, I think that if you're going to go with the uh, you know statistically the greatest receiver in Seahawks history then I'm going to go with in my opinion the greatest cornerbacks in NF and in Seahawks history and that being back-to-back -back selections here I want to lock down uh receivers in today's NFL game so my back-to-back -back selections I'm going Richard Sherman and then Dave Brown back-to-back -back. interesting so you're going to try to combat my stud receiver Steve Largent with I mean I would love to see Sherman against Largent one-on-one just by himself but now you've got Dave Brown on the other side that's truly going to be a no-fly zone for my quarterback, and you got Russell Wilson earlier, and some might say, oh, this might feel a little early to make this selection, but Matt Hasselbeck, to me, is hands down the second-best quarterback in Seahawks history. And so I'm going to get my quarterback here, 
And I'm also going to get somebody for him to hand it off to. I would love to see beast mode here in this offense. And so for my next two selections, going to go with Matt Hasselbeck, the cerebral quarterback, maybe not the biggest arm, but three-time Pro Bowler, led the Seahawks to a Super Bowl, very accurate, uh, had an outstanding locker room presence as well. I'm going to get myself a quality, not a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, but that next tier down caliber quarterback, a great NFL QB in Matt Hasselbeck. And then I'm going to have beast mode ready to run behind. And I'm going to make sure he's running behind Walter Jones a fair amount on this fantasy team. So loading up on offense now, getting my quarterback as well as my running back in Marshawn Lynch. Oof. Yeah, that, that's a lot of, uh, you know, beast mode kind of firepower that, that you have there. Um, you know, I, I'm a little worried about, the, the, you know, trying to get any type of pressure on an offensive line that is led by Walter Jones. So I'm going to take that same strategy I did before with the cornerbacks and I'm going to stay on the attack and I'm going to get myself two pass rushers. And statistically speaking, Jacob Green was absolutely dominant. And in reality, he was absolutely dominant as well. He is going to be my first selection. And I think a, a player that I noticed was not very high on your list. And, you know, I, I think that that is maybe a bit of an oversight, but I really like the playmaking ability of Chad Brown and his versatility. I think he, Julian Peterson, KJ Wright, I think I have all three of these players right there in the middle. Uh, I think that Chad Brown's versatility that he demonstrated the Pittsburgh Steelers as well as with the Seattle Seahawks, I think makes him the ultimate kind of chess piece defensive player. I really like his ability alongside Jacob Green mixing and matching those two. I think it'd be similar to what the Seahawks are going to hope to do with what Sean Desai did I should say, with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn with the Chicago Bears last year. We talked about in yesterday's show. I'm looking for those similar type of two edge rushers uh, to, to really wreak havoc on uh, on Matt Hasselbeck. Well, we were going to pick six selections for this round, but since Rob decided to jump the gun and pick his seventh, I will pick my seventh as well. Looking at who's remaining on the board, I've already got my tackle. I've got my defensive tackle, my linebacker, receiver, quarterback, running back. There's a few standout safeties that are still on the board. I'm going to go with a modern superstar. I'm going to get me some Earl Thomas in center field, no fly zone, hard hitting, ball hawking safety to go with my defense that already has standout guy at the other two levels, Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker, as well as Cortez Kennedy. So I'm going to pick Earl Thomas to wrap up this first half of our ultimate mock draft. Looking at the roster so far, Rob, you got Russell Wilson, Kenny Easley, uh, Steve Hutchinson, Richard Sherman. You've got Brown as well as Jacob Green. I've got you down for two Browns. You got Chad Brown as well as Dave Dave Brown. Brown. So doubling up on the Browns, that might be your team. You're the Seattle Browns at this point. They're relocating again. Poor Browns fans. Uh, And then for me, I've got Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, Matt Hasselbeck, Marshawn Lynch, and Earl Thomas. When we return, we're going to continue the draft. We're going to get six more selections to get us to 13. I will be making that first pick when we come back here in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have reliably low prices for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Visit rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So there we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith, joined as always by Rob Rang. Thanks for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We are in the midst of our first ever Seahawks Ultimate Fantasy Mock Draft, recapping our selection so far. Rob's roster is looking pretty dominant to this point. He's got Russell Wilson, Kenny Easley, Steve Hutchinson, Richard Sherman, Dave Brown, Jacob Green, as well as Chad Brown. And then for my roster, I got Big Walt, Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, Matt Hasselbeck, Marshawn Lynch, and Earl Thomas. So we are now going to move into the eighth round. And since I made the last selection In the sixth round, I've got the first selection in this round. And looking at the players that are still available on our big board here, our entire top 10 has now been drafted with me selecting Earl Thomas with that last pick. Players that are still remaining, we've got Sean Alexander, Cam Chancellor, Joe Nash, Eugene Robinson, Kurt Warner, Doug Baldwin are still remaining. And then looking at our next cluster of players, we've got Lofa Tatupu, KJ Wright, Dave Craig, Michael Sinclair, Brian Blade. So there is still a ton of talent that is available there on our fantasy rosters. And Rob, I look at the players that I need right now. I just picked a safety. Eugene Robinson still out there, but I already got my guy in Earl Thomas. I've got a linebacker. I've got a defensive tackle. The one thing that I do not have right now, I do not have an edge rushing presence And so I look at the players that are available on this list. I'm going to start digging in the 40s. Michael Sinclair was a very dominant player for four years for the Seahawks. His prime kind of was short compared to some players, but that prime, he was electric. At one point, had a season with six forced fumbles, so he was a strip sack artist. I really like the idea of teaming Michael Sinclair back up with Cortez Kennedy along my defensive line having that athletic pass rusher that can really turn up the heat on quarterbacks and make life easier for Earl Thomas to get a bunch of interceptions on the back half. So I'm going to go with Michael Sinclair with my eighth round selection. Oh, I think that's a, an excellent selection. Uh, you know, Michael Sinclair, as you said, I mean, you, your team needed some edge rushers and Michael Sinclair is a, a terrific one. That was one of my strategies, Corbin, kind of entering this draft is yeah. I, I really thought with number one overall selection or number two and three, you know, based on how the coin flip went, um, that, uh, that you know, it makes sense to go with an edge rusher early on. Um, but at the same time, because Seattle has such a rich history of edge rushers, then I really thought that we might be able to wait a little bit later and interesting that both of us took that that strategy uh, i'm going to go back to a, a, a playmaker um but on the different side of the ball we, we made one of the really good points i thought that you made in our, our first quarter here when we kind of discussed uh jimmy garoppolo and his possible fit in shane waldron's offense and you highlighted russell wilson's deep ball acumen um i i think that while he is not as highly rated on your board there i just think that dk metcalf and the freakish talent that he is uh the fact that i've got the two 
corners on my side already, but that you don't yet have corners. That's something I'm going to try and take full advantage of with all due respect to Earl Thomas as well. Still, I've got to attack that. So I'm going with my first selection, TK Metcalf here. So Metcalf is your eighth round selection. Now you're back on the clock in the ninth round. And this snake draft with two people, it's nice because you can really double up on the players that you're wanting to add to your roster. You've got your receiver there in Metcalf. You've got Wilson. You've got a safety in Easley. You've got two shutdown corners. You also got a pass rushers, uh, two pass rushers in Chad Brown as well as Jacob Green. So your roster is starting to really fill out. Where are you going in the ninth round? Well, as you said, uh, you know, kind of dub, double dipping. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't get built like this, Corb. We're not going for seconds. And, uh, <laughs> and and so that's the thing is is I'm going to do the exact same thing again with another player that is not as highly rated on your board. But I think complimenting DK Metcalf, give me some Joey Galloway straight line speed. I, I'm just really infatuated with that idea. Those two high-power wide receivers with Russell Wilson – yeah, I'm excited about the way this offense is setting up. I'm going to get a little bit greedy here for my ninth round selection. You've been doubling up, so that's what I'm going to do as well. And looking at the players that are available, there are a lot of our listeners going to say screaming Cam Chancellor, put him back with Earl Thomas. But I think one of the most underrated players in Seahawks history is Eugene Robinson. He's second all-time in franchise history in tackles. He had over 40 interceptions in his career. And what I loved about Eugene Robinson's game, Rob, he was one of those safeties that could truly play either spot. You could put him back at free safety. and He could pick off a bunch of passes. You could play him in the box. He could blow people up. He just unfortunately played for a lot of bad teams in Seattle. So I don't think he ever got quite the recognition that he deserves. But I'm going to put him with Earl Thomas as my next selection here in the ninth round. And then being back on the board, I already picked Largent. I've only got one offensive lineman so far. I feel like the offensive line needs to be tackled right now. I'm going to go more modern here with the player that I believe is the number one center in franchise history, the only center to be an all-pro first-team selection, and that is Max Unger. So I'm going to get Max Unger teamed up at the center position with Walter Jones at left tackle, shore up my offensive line, another really good blocker to put in front of Marshawn Lynch as well. We saw Lynch in real life take advantage of running behind Max Unger. So Eugene Robinson in the ninth round, shore up my defense a little bit, another really good safety, and then get the trenches figured out at center with Max Unger with my 10th selection. Yeah, th those are two excellent selections. Uh, you know, Max Unger, as you said, the only all-pro um, in Seattle's history. Um, and then obviously went on to have a great deal of success with the, the New Orleans Saints as well. Um, you know, that's one of my kind of aces in the hole. And I thought about waiting a little bit longer to take this player. But um, and the fact that you just took the center um, and, and Max Unger, um, I, I have a lot of flexibility here. I could wait a long time before you would take one. But I am so high on Kevin Mawai. Um, that um, that I, I just have to take him here. Um, I we're, we're talking about Hall of Fame player. Talking about a guy who played for I believe it was uh, thirteen seasons, sixteen seasons, sixteen NFL seasons, all of them as a starter. 
Um, he was the 36th overall selection by Seattle uh, way back in, let's see, what year was that? 1994, Corbin. And so this is, again, where I was kind of talking, teasing before, saying that my kind of past and just being older um, is going to be some advantage. But you, you watch the tape of Kevin Mawai, um, and this was a physically dominant player. He started his first two seasons in Seattle right guard, then switched over to center and played the next 14 years in a row. Uh, missed, a, I think, like three games his entire career. He is, as I mentioned before, a Hall of Famer. Um, now he's the offensive, line, excuse me, the yeah the offensive line coach with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he is uh, an absolutely unbelievable player. And we often talk about like Steve Hutchinson and how he kind of got stolen from Seattle. When Kevin Mawai signed with the New York Jets, they, they gave him the biggest contract in NFL history for a center. They stole him away from Seattle. Uh, and he was one of the players that if Seattle had been able to keep him, then he would be uh, revered around here for how good of a and how dependable of a player that he was so he would be my my first selection and then uh you know oh what the heck let's go with one of the greatest running backs this franchise has ever known and i'm not going to go with the mvp this player is higher on my board than the mvp sean alexander i'm going with the original kurt warner spelled with a c not a k yeah kurt warner was a player that i think if you look back if he wouldn't have tore his acl his second season in the league uh, that horrible artificial turf that was out there on the field at the kingdom. If he wouldn't have done that, he's probably guy still was able to rebound and have several more thousand yard seasons, but he might've had another season or two that were like that minimum and was one of the better running backs in the eighties. So that selection makes a lot of sense. So looking at my 11th pick again, this is where we're at right now. I've got Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, Matt Hasselbeck, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, Michael Sinclair, Eugene Robinson, Max Unger. I've attacked a lot of position groups. I really want my offense to be able to take off, though, and I worry if I don't select this guy that you're going to end up picking another receiver to go with Metcalf and Galloway. So I'm going to get Tyler Lockett right now, get my modernized. I actually am really intrigued by the idea of Steve Largent and Tyler Lockett being my number one and number two receivers on the outside. Largent was not necessarily a burner. Tyler Lockett in his prime is a guy that's got wheels, can take the top off the defense. So two little different style receivers that were very productive, the only two receivers in Seahawks history with three or more thousand-yard seasons in a row. So I got both of them with that 11th selection. And then with my 12th rounder, looking at who's still available on the big board, in our top 20, Doug Baldwin is still there. I don't need a receiver at this point. Joe Nash is still there. Could maybe double up a defensive tackle, but I'm not going to do that. Cam Chancellor, I've got my safety, so Cam is still sitting there. And then looking in the 21s through the 40s, you've got a couple other linebackers, Lofa Tatupu, K.J. Wright. I already drafted Bobby Wagner, so I don't feel a need there. I'm going to get my corner because I've been waiting and waiting, and I knew with you picking too early, I didn't need to rush into that. But I'm going to go get my boy Marcus Trufant right now. And I'm going to get my secondary a little bit of an upgrade. Don't have a corner on the roster. I'm going to change that, getting Marcus Trufant. So I've got Earl Thomas, Eugene Robinson, and now Marcus Trufant. My secondary is coming together. And I've got players from some different eras that I think would complement each other really well. 
I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the like going with different players from, um, you know, different kind of generations of the Seahawks, so to speak. Although, let's face it, Marcus Trufant isn't exactly that old, but a terrific, terrific football player and a guy that I strongly consider. I think the gap between, say, he and Dave Brown is not as significant as what is reflected in our mock draft. I just really wanted to kind of go with that corner-corner uh, tandem early on, um, and that, that was kind of my strategy. Um, I'm going to go with that same kind of double dip kind of strategy here with my next two selections, Corbin. Again, we've talked about protecting Russell Wilson and what a priority that is. Um, I added the guard already in, Steve, in the Hall of Famer Steve Hutchinson. I added another Hall of Famer in Kevin Mawai at the center position. I'm going to go outside now to the tackles. I think it's just absolutely critical that you have good, clean tackles um, to protect a quarterback like Russell Wilson. who likes to do his little pirouettes and things like he likes to do. Um, and I'm going to go with one of the better left tackles in Seattle's history. I think they can make an argument between Dwayne Brown, who is going to be my selection, and Russell Okung. But I'm going to go with Dwayne Brown just because I think that he is the better athlete. Um, and then I'm going to go with the player who, in my opinion, is the best right tackle in Seattle's history. And this is going to be a reach in a lot of people's minds, but I want the best right tackle in Seattle's history. And from my eyes, that, that conversation is about guys maybe like Andy Heck, but especially big Howard Ballard. House Ballard signed from, from the Buffalo Bills as one of Seattle's early big free, free agency expenditures. Um, and you know, six, seven, 325 pounds. Uh, he was massive in those days. He would be massive in today's era as well. Um, he is a, a run blocker, but also a very good pass blocker. He was the, the, the right tackle for Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills all four of those years. They went to the Super Bowl before Seattle signed him in. He played four seasons in Seattle. The only reason his career got cut short was because of a left knee injury. Otherwise, he would have been known as one of the great tackles in Seattle's history. I think that he is the best, as I mentioned, right tackle. So that's why I'm going to kind of, again, continue to double dip. Dwayne Brown at left tackle, House Ballard at right tackle. I'm just following what the Seahawks have already uh, figured out in the 2022 draft. Double dip at the offensive tackle position. I don't get to double dip today because I'd be going into the 14th round, which starts tomorrow. So I'm going to cap this Sorry. off. My last selection, our listeners are going to get a lot of offensive line talk right now because I've got my left tackle in Walter Jones. I got my center in Max Unger, but I still need to fill the two guard spots. And I also need to get a right tackle. Ballard is certainly a player that I would have considered with this pick, but look at who is still available on our board. I still have a guard that is one of the most underrated in Seahawks history. He wasn't Steve Hutchinson, but he played with Steve Hutchinson and Walter Jones. And I think he's a fantastic player. I'm going to get Chris Gray with my last selection. And now I'm feeling really good about my offensive line, just as you are with your football team. I've got Walter Jones. I got Max Unger. And now I get Chris Gray, another guy that was instrumental in Sean Alexander's success, rushing for over 1,000 yards five straight years and getting the Seahawks to Super Bowl 40. So I've got three of my five offensive line spots filled. Looking at our 13 selections and in the comment, selection or comment section on YouTube, our listeners can make some comments on who they think has had the better draft so far. We'd love to hear it. If you think that my draft is trash, then make sure that we know about it. If you think Rob's is trash, we'll definitely make sure to let him know on YouTube or on social media if you're listening on audio. Our pick so far, Russell Wilson being the first overall to Rob. He also gets Kenny Easley. He gets Steve Hutchinson, Richard Sherman, Dave Brown, Jacob Green, Chad Brown. 
DK Metcalf, Joey Galloway, Kevin Y, Kurt Warner, Dwayne Brown. He's been drafting everybody named Brown and Howard Ballard. And then my team got Walter Jones, Cortez Kennedy, Bobby Wagner, Steve Largent, Matt Hasselbeck, Marshawn Lynch, Earl Thomas, Michael Sinclair, Eugene Robinson, Max Unger, Tyler Lockett, Marcus Trufant, and Chris Gray. All I know is if we could have this game actually play out in a field, I would love to see what these two teams would do against each other because I think you and I took some similar strategies. and At the same time, there were some differences in what we prioritized. So it would be a nice contrasting matchup. We're going to have the remainder of the draft coming up on our Wednesday episode, rounds 14 through 25, several positions still to fill on offense, defense, as well as special teams. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. You can find all Locked on Seahawks podcasts on YouTube five days a week as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll be back wrapping up the draft tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Go Hawks.